me tell you about this about this movie, Ekta Tiger, for the first time. <laughs> um, come along on this journey. I really didn't think I was like asleep asleep, but apparently I was. <laughs> <laughs> everyone and welcome to two white girls talk bollywood i'm kim and i'm katie and we're here to talk about singing and dancing and bollywood boys one of the biggest of bollywood boys salman khan this week yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) one Um, of the three cons we've now seen a movie starring all three cons that is true and i know we previously stated i think it was in cooch cooch hotahe that Mm -hmm. We're not the biggest fans of Salman Khan. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, I had hoped that this movie would start me on my path to maybe not loving him, but appreciating him and what he brings. Me too. And I'm sure we're going to get into it. <laughs> but I did not feel it. This no. Oh, uh, I didn't feel it either, Katie. And I'm so sorry <laughs> to any of our listeners who are Salman Khan fans. You know, it's not that we dislike him. No. He has not drawn me in yet. Um, yeah. And I still am willing to give him that chance, but it just hasn't happened yet. Right. And do you ever get that feeling when you're watching a film that you're maybe missing something that everyone else is seeing? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was feeling that with this one. I was like, this was the top grossing film of 2012. And a lot of people liked it. Interesting. And a lot of people went to see it. And they were like, it's the perfect blend of action and romance and comedy. And I disagree. (laughs) I think it did certainly try to have all of those things in it. Uh And it did succeed. I wouldn't say that they were seamlessly interwoven. Yeah. But, you know, it was a decent film. Uh, and I appreciate now having this little extra bit of context for the, uh, the spy cinematic universe, I think is what they're calling it, which includes this tiger movie. There's a sequel, which we didn't realize (laughs) when we decided to watch this. Um, and then war and then Patan and then the mm-hmm. third tiger movie that's coming out and I don't feel like I need to see any more personally no. I like the idea of crossovers happening and so I feel yes. like I will watch I'll watch the second one so that I can watch the third one in case there are any crossovers that yes. happen but yeah well <laughs> I know we normally don't necessarily break it down before the plot recap but I did want to know what your general feelings were ahead of that yeah I think it's good for us to have a sense of how we're feeling, because again, this is another movie that we are watching for the first time for the podcast, and so having a sense of how you feel helps me as I can dive into <laughs> into the recap here. Before we get started, though, I did want to just share two fun facts that I learned about our lead actors, Salman Khan and Katrina Kaif. Mm. Um, both of them are children of interfaith marriages, which I think <gasps> is kind of cool. Katrina yes. Kaif is not fully Indian, so it's not as if her parents were like living in that tumult as they fell in love and wed and had her. But um, Salman Khan's father is Muslim, his mom is Hindu. He says that he very much identifies as both Muslim and Hindu, so that's mm. cool. And Katrina Kaif's mom is a Christian and her dad was a Muslim. Um, Great. We love to hear about interfaith marriages happening, especially knowing that it's a pretty contentious thing in India right now, as we learned last week. Another slightly less fun fact I learned is that Katrina Kaif and Salman Khan dated each other. Yeah. For like seven years, like for the bulk of her 20s. And he's like 25 years older than her. So that's not my favorite thing I've ever known about Salman Khan. Yeah. (laughs) I think for me, knowing some things about Salman Khan's past and relationships and knowing that he maybe hasn't always had the healthiest dynamic with women that he's dated. And then knowing that he dated Katrina Kaif, who is much younger than him for like seven years. That has added this kind of layer for me. But you know, Katrina Kaif is happily married to Vicky Koshal. Such a cutie. They're beautiful together. Yeah. So. <laughs> Ekta Tiger. Ekta Tiger, like we said, it's starring Katrina Kaif and Salman Khan, directed by Kabir Khan and then written by Aditya Chopra and Kabir Khan. And it is a Yash Raj production. We also know, again, that this exists in the same cinematic universe as some of our other favorite spy films that have been coming out recently, which is very exciting. Yes. Yeah. 
So the film opens in northern Iraq, and we see a man who I wrote looks like David Duchovny um, <laughs> walking around to market, uh, and he looks into he like sees the reflection of a of a man, a scarfed man, <laughs> in in a passing mirror, uh, and he takes off running. Uh, and he's he's on the phone. He's calling people. He's like, he found me. Tiger found me. Um, that's my best impression of this of this man whose name is Robinder. Robindo runs into his apartment and he gets immediately kicked in the face by Tiger, <laughs> who is Salman Khan. And he is there to arrest Robinder because he was previously a raw agent and he's now moved over to be an ISI agent. So he's defected. He's defected, yes. And he's getting paid lots and lots of money for it. Lots of cash that he just kind of keeps under his bed or his floorboards or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, Ra is the Indian intelligence agency. ISI is the Pakistani intelligence agency. So they're at loggerheads often. Robinder tries to convince Tiger to change sides. He's like, look at all this money that ISI gives me. And Tiger just like casually grabs a stack of money and like puts it in his pocket. Robinder's just fine with this. <laughs> Tiger ends up shooting Robinder just as his ISI backup arrives. And so they give chase Tiger when we get our first action sequence here he's running through mm -hmm. the market putting a lot of civilian lives at risk because he's just like shooting yeah. at her shoulder there's there's a lot of like wayward yes, gunshots there really in are. this movie where i was like y'all are just wasting bullets because you're just like shooting without yeah. aiming what is it's that not great. it's not ideal he manages to outwit these isi men uh with the help of quite a bit of laundry that he comes across as he's running around he's like chucking dishcloths at them it's great and he eventually gets away from them by taking the money out of his pocket that he had taken from robinder he tosses it up in the air and the crowd like comes running and he disappears into the crowd and that's always why you have a pack full of cash that is the only reason a packet of cash <laughs> <laughs> Always have your cash your handy. <laughs> I will say, I wrote that Salman Khan is no tiger when it comes to parkour. This is true, yeah. Tiger is no tiger. <laughs> and of course we have yes. Tiger Shroff there. Of course we um, do. The, the, the one and only tiger. I feel like I was watching an actor acting. Uh. Sure. In this action sequence, I felt like I was watching a man executing the fight choreography yeah. that he was supposed to do. And I was like, I don't believe a second of this. Yeah. And so from like the opening scene, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that you said that because I there was a disconnect there for me, too. And I didn't quite put that together. But I do agree with you. I feel like it didn't feel quite so mm -hmm. natural, like he was fully adopting this which is interesting because i had no critiques for his fighting in patan so maybe he gets better over right. the years <laughs> he was great in patan and i was like was it the influence of like shahrukh khan and the fact that they were able to play off of yeah. each other i don't know but i was not super impressed with salman khan as an action hero yeah well we're off this to, entire film we're off to a bit of a shaky start here is what yeah, we're getting i'm sorry um, <laughs> i do apologize and i'm totally open to my opinion changing, yes. and I hope it does yes. moving forward. Yes. But so, yeah, this is our introduction to Tiger. We hear him referred to as the best agent in Raw. I have to mm -hmm. disagree, one, because he doesn't really seem like that good of an agent to yeah. most of the movie, but also because, I don't know, maybe they haven't hired Kabir yet. But also, Patan still exists That's in true. this world. Yeah, so they've got plenty and they, of other. Literally, options. in every movie, they're like, "He's the best." Like, mm. They've also they say that about each of them in each of their movies. So I feel like different yeah. factions of Raw have very different opinions about who their best agent actually is. I am very ready for that Avengers film, though. Yeah. You know, where all they're all just the most together. ambitious crossover in cinematic history. <laughs> Anyway, so we learn that Tiger is very devoted to his work. He's been on back-to-back -back missions for the last 12 years. He's been saving up his salary, and he saved up like 2 million rupees, um, <laughs> yeah. which is a lot of money. And he's saving it up for retirement. But he and his boss, Shinoi, they're buddies. Um, and Shinoi was the one who gave him the nickname of Tiger. And mm -hmm. Shinoi has always in instilled in him that duty is the most important thing, duty above all else, including, most importantly, love. Or least importantly, because love is just, there's no place in this world of spies for love. There never is, <laughs> unless you are Kabir and Khaled. 
Yes, <laughs> unless you have, unless it's the the love between two titans of men. So Tiger gets sent on his next mission. He's off to Dublin uh, to monitor mm-hmm. a scientist named Dr. Kid Y, who helped to design the Indian anti-missile technology. So, you know, to protect them from weapons of mass destruction. And Ra is now suspicious that Kid Y may be, like, giving those secrets of that technology to others, and specifically ISI in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Shinoi is very careful to tell Tiger that he should not kill anyone on this mission, because apparently Tiger always kills yeah. people on his missions, which you really gotta wonder. <laughs> yeah, that comes up later. Yeah. And they're like, man, Tiger, how does everyone always end up dead? And I'm like, is he really your best agent? Like, isn't the goal to not kill a bunch of people? And it sort of just feels like at this point, everyone must know who he is. (laughs) Like, he's just like running around (laughs) killing people. Um, And also just shooting guns in open air markets. Yeah. pretty casual. So we arrive in Dublin, we get some fun, chipper, vaguely Celtic music backing up the arrival here. And Tiger is trying to talk to Kid Y, but Kid Y has absolutely no interest in talking to him. His main priority is getting home to walk his dog Rocket. So Tiger ends up meeting Zoya, who is Kid Y's housekeeper slash caretaker. Um, and she's a student at Trinity College where Kid Y teaches, but she's in the dance program. Mm-hmm. And Tiger sort of creepily encounters her. <laughs> yeah. Um, she chases him off, but then they end up chatting as she's leaving for the day. Kid Y is like still not home from walking the dog. It's been several hours. <laughs> she's like, well, they like to take super long walks. It's a pug. It is a pug, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> that pug can't cover vast distances. He probably just goes and like sits in the park with kid with That's the dog, true. which is really cute. Kid yes. Y is a really cute old man. Like I am a big fan of Yeah, him. he's great. Zoya is leaving for the day and Tiger approaches her. So he explains to Zoya that he has come from India. He wants to talk to the professor. I made a note here, like, Zoya immediately starts speaking Hindi to him. Before he says he's from India? No, no, no. He says he's from India, but then she immediately starts speaking Hindi. And we know that India is a big place where not everybody speaks Hindi. And so I do think it's interesting that she makes that assumption. And we see that happen. Like, that also happens in Zindagi. It happens elsewhere, too. And I do understand that we are watching Hindi films. So it's just, like, for ease of plot development there. But it does kind of exacerbate this assumption that everybody who's from India speaks Hindi. Agreed. Um, But anyway, so Zoya says she has no idea idea when Kid Y is going to be home and so Tiger asks if she can point him in the direction of a hotel and she's like sure I pass a bunch of them on my way home why don't you come with me so they're mm-hmm. headed in the direction of the hostel where she lives she points out a bunch of hotels Tiger goes in and he pretends that he's like asking them for rooms yeah. I did actually think this sequence was kind of funny of him like going in and he like just shakes the guy's hand yeah. and he's like okay bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it is that part was fun I do think that Salman Khan is better at comedic timing than he is at fight sequences. Yes. Yeah, I do I I do think he is good at comedic timing. But he's made this kind of put up put on this show for Zoya that there are no hotels for him. She ends up going back to her hostel. He kind of lurks outside to see where her window yeah. is and then he lays on a bench right outside her window and pretends to be sleeping. It's um, creepy. It's creepy, but he's a spy. <laughs> I know, but like At this point, he's not like a creepy man stalking a woman. He's a spy trying to get information. (laughs) Right, but she doesn't know that. No, I know. I would be creeped out. And there's nothing about her vibes that makes it seem like she wants to spend more time with him. Like, he's like, oh, that hotel's booked up too. And she's like, okay, well. There's my hostel. It really does seem like she's like, can you just leave me alone now? But then she does, when she sees that he's sleeping on the bench outside, she takes pity on him. She invites him up, but she's like, you can stay in my friend's room. My friend's out of town, but you got to pay me a hundred euro. Yeah. You also got (laughs) to climb up this drain pipe. You can't come in the front door. And that's very funny. So he has to shimmy up this drain pipe. But when Um, she's not looking, because she can't know that he's like athletic. Yeah, he like sends her away and she goes. But then he does like instead of like pretending to struggle, he does just like and then he's up there. But while she's not looking, he ends up making dinner for her that night. One of Tiger's things is that he loves to cook. They get to chatting. He says that he's a writer. So he's here to write a book about India's best minds. And he tells her that his name is Manish 
Uh, and Zoya starts to call him a bumpkin because he does kind of act like a bit of an idiot, <laughs> like quite a few like, times around her. Yeah, intentionally. Yeah. It's like he's trying to put her off the scent in a way that I think is skewing too far the other way. Yes, I agree. Because he's like, oh, I don't know anything. And oh, I'm bad at like anything that uses my body, <laughs> like dancing or walking or <laughs> shimmying he, up a dream. <laughs> yeah, he really comes across as a bit of a bumbling fool. Um, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> he doesn't come across as a competent spy, so this That's is true. apparently an effective strategy. Zoya invites him to the show that she's choreographing for Kidwise Foundation, um, and she says, come by the house tomorrow and I'll get Kidwai to, to talk to you. We also get introduced after this scene to Gopi, who is another raw agent who's there as kind of like, you know, he's sort of Tiger's handler, mm-hmm. um, like making sure he stays on track, doesn't kill anyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> and doesn't do crazy stuff like, you know, again, crashing trams into things. After we meet Gopi, Tiger does go and talk to Kidwai and he's like, I'm going to follow you around everywhere. I need to see everything you see and do everything that you do. And Kidwai is understandably a little bit put off by mm-hmm. this proposal and so is his dog Rocket, um, a very adorable pug who is very, very suspicious of Tiger and lets us know this by barking at him aggressively. Yes. Kidwai, again, you know, he doesn't go for this proposal of Tiger basically like shadowing him everywhere he goes. And so Tiger decides he's going to try to get closer to Zoya instead. And so he asks her if he can take her out to dinner. She invites him out to hang out with her friends. She tells him that he needs to dress cooler because she's only seen him in like a blazer and a tie at this point. She's like, you got to dress cooler. And Tiger takes this very literally because he next shows up at a bar wearing a jacket over a sweater, sweater over a sweatshirt. Yep. So he's wearing, you know, he's and probably a shirt underneath that. So he's like four layers deep. He's like, yeah, I'm cool now. So Zoya's friends end up going off to a party. Zoya and Tiger get dinner, just the two of them. Um, and Zoya tells him that she she doesn't think he seems like a writer because he's got the hands of a boxer. Um, <laughs> that's actually that's, a sexy thing to say. Yeah, it's like, you yeah, know, you're a... sensitive like a writer, but you've got the hands of a boxer. And Tiger says that he is a writer because he loves to follow his heart. He followed his heart to the profession of being a writer. But we see this flashback to his spy training where Shinoi is like, never follow your heart duty first always think with your head never with your heart um Mm -hmm. i also do like there's kind of a series of flashbacks that happen at various points where someone will ask him a question and he'll like kind of flash back yeah and then he'll come back and like sort of say something i that i did find kind of funny it missed the mark with me okay where i was like i feel like this is trying to be funny and it's not doing it completely and then it set me up for confusion the first time that they transitioned to an actual like this action scene is happening in this Mm. moment because I was like oh wait are we doing another flashback because the way they transitioned into it was the same well now the thing that bugged me about the flashbacks is that he would always look directly into the camera yes the fourth wall break (laughs) (laughs) and I was not a fan of that that made me think of in Kuch Kuch Hotehe when he just randomly like looks directly into the camera and says confusion confusion and it's like did someone tell you to do that Salman Khan because it's terrible (laughs) It's or just did you just signature. decide that it would be funny? Getting all fired up here. So after they, after he hangs out with Zoya, he gets back to wherever it is that he's staying. I don't, I'm still kind of unclear where he ends up after that first night at the hostel. But he gets back to wherever he's staying and there's a man there waiting to beat him up. And he, that man beats him up and then gets away. So Tiger and Gopi talk about this. Tiger's not super concerned at that moment. Um, but so he is on a mission to buy a gift for Zoya. And uh-huh. then he goes to the theater where she's working on the show that she's choreographing to oh, give her this gift. I just wanted to point out that the first place his mind goes when he's like, I'm going to buy a gift for this woman is a dress. Yeah. And I was like, you should absolutely never buy a dress for a woman you've just met. That no. is so creepy. And I wrote, you're not Christian Grey. That is that is something Christian Grey of Fifty Shades of Grey would do. And he is a controlling, manipulative, horrible person. Yeah. You don't want to be anything like him. You you are not like him, nor do you want to be like him. No. Do not make these choices, sir. And to be fair, he does not make that choice. This is but true. But the idea that he even flirted with it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> no, don't do it. That's don't a red do it, flag Tiger. right there. Uh, but he he does say he's never bought a gift for a woman before, and this is what he thinks that That's he true. should do. It's, no, it's just stupid. Like, why would your mind go there? You're absolutely right. 
But anyway, the gift that he's actually gotten for Zoya is a very thoughtful gift. He's yes. gotten her a book about stars because he noticed that she has this interest in stars. And she sort of gets a little bit choked up here and she says that the gift reminds her of somebody. Um, and that's where she leaves it in that moment because she's in the middle of blocking lighting cues for the show that mm -hmm. she's choreographing. And so she asks for Tiger's help to dance with her so that she's got someone to kind of work off of as she's blocking out these lighting cues. And so they dance. He's like, I don't know how to dance, but she's leading. It's kind of sweet. And he gets very enchanted by, mm -hmm. by the dance that they have together. And now it's time for our first dance number, Bollywood Irish style here. <laughs> yeah. um, and this song is called Banjara. We see Zoya wearing... <laughs> uh, quote unquote kilt <laughs> she, she really, looks gorgeous she does look gorgeous she's wearing a teeny tiny plaid skirt and rocking out with some some bagpipes we see lots of people wearing oversized green leprechaun hats um which is fun we see zoya at one point like she's playing hurling she's got yes. like the clubs um, She's just so adorable, this entire, like, sequence, this dance number. This is a fun dance number. I, I liked it. I, it was a good vibe. There was a I, moment where they end up at a parade. Um, a bonkers parade. A really freaky parade with, like, scary sea creatures, and then there are, like, <laughs> these weird lamppost people that look yeah, like those they... Were Really like, scary. Really scary. They look like they walked right off of Julie Taymor's Across the Universe. Like they just came <laughs> off the set of that movie and then See, just started like leaning over people. <laughs> and I got Doctor Who vibes. Oh sure, yeah. I yeah, they like, are a little bit cartoony in that. Yeah, way. this yeah, is like sure. straight out of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> you know, creepy no matter what uh, where they came from. And I also really like that at the end of this dance number, Tiger's walking down the street and he bumps into Gopi and Gopi's like, Were you were you just dancing? <laughs> Tiger kind of like, looks what? behind him and is like, wait, what? Like he, he I, was so yeah. caught up in this moment that he was actually like dancing down the street, but none of the stuff yeah. he was imagining was actually there. I liked that moment. I I did like that idea as well. I will say I wish like Katrina Cave is a phenomenal dancer. Yeah. But so I just wish that Zoya had danced more. Yeah. Like it's a lot of her like walking and looking pretty and stuff. And I don't think Salman Khan's a very good dancer. No, he certainly isn't displaying excellent skills here. No. After this all happens, Tiger asks Zoya to meet him at the park that night, and so they end up meeting up, and he's brought her... Oh, she brings Rocket. She brings yes. Pug, which is fun. <laughs> he has brought her to see a meteor shower. Uh, mm -hmm. And so they stargaze together, uh, and she explains that she used to always watch the stars with her dad. Um, and her dad said that watching stars makes people happy because when the ones we love die, they become stars, a la the mm -hmm. Lion King. And Tiger asks her where her dad dad is now and she points up at a star and I, I really liked this moment a lot actually Tiger's like wait which which one is it and asks and she like points again and then he's like oh that's the one right next to my dad mm -hmm. um, so that was really sweet and then he like starts talking to the star dad and he's like listen I need some tips for you I've got something I want to tell Zoya and it is sweet it's a sweet moment and she's kind of enchanted by him now as well and they kind of you know they come close to kissing but then Rocket starts barking and Zoya sort of realizes what's happening and she walks off. Did you notice that when the meteorite shower starts happening, mm -hmm. it like shows their faces <laughs> and then it zooms in on Rocket's little face. <laughs> so you just see this little pug's face and like the camera zooms in and his eyes get like wider. <laughs> We were cracking up, and I was like, this is the best. Like, that's the funniest moment of this whole movie, and I love Rocket oh, like, so that's much. That's great. Because it's a very pointed, like, we're looking at the people, and now let's look at the dog. Yeah. Let's zoom in. And he's watching, and he's like, wow. <laughs> He's just he's just in awe of the cosmos, as I feel pugs often are. That's why their eyes are so buggy, constantly thinking about their place in the universe. Anyway, so the next day, Tiger is walking down the street. He's on his way to see Zoya, and he recognizes the man who beat him up at his apartment mm -hmm. previously. And so he chases this man, and at one point, he, like, jumps on a truck. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, riding on a truck as the truck is riding after this man. They end up running through Temple Bar. <laughs> in yep. Dublin, very famous pub that we did not go to. No, um, but now I kind of wish we had. But <laughs> that's yep. 
Carly and I were like, okay, next time. <laughs> next time. But so they're like breaking a bunch of stuff in Temple Bar. They end up getting into a fight with a couple of bouncers. But eventually they're out on the street again. They're running. And the bad guy jumps onto a, a cable car and he gets on just in time. And the door's shut behind him. And so Tiger, the only way that he can get on this cable car is to jump onto the roof of it. He's riding <laughs> yep. along on top. So the bad guy ends up taking control of this cable car. He, like, crashes it into a truck that's, like, across the truck. And this yeah, truck well, he is just, like, full stopped. of recyclables. Yeah, but, and, and again, like, you never stop on, like, train tracks. That's literally nope, the first yeah. thing you learn in driver's ed. It's, yeah, no, this, I, I don't feel sympathy for this man whose truck and all of his recyclables were destroyed. <laughs> But so Tiger ends up getting inside the train. He and the bad guy fight. Um, he ends up like throwing the bad guy out a window and he's like, he's ready to be like, great, you know, I'm all mm-hmm. set there, did did my duty and he's about to jump off the train. But the people who are on it are like, um, excuse me, <laughs> yeah. maybe stop us from careening out of control, please. And so Tiger runs forward. He sees that the, the train is headed toward just like a bunch of traffic and small children. <laughs> yeah. And there's just that that one mother who has, like, a stroller, mm-hmm. and she sees it coming, and she's like, oh, my God, and she's trying to, like, unhook the buckles to get her baby out, and she can't do it, and it's so stressful, and I'm like, lady, it's a stroller. It's got wheels. Just pick it up. Yeah, or, like... <laughs> Just like just go. move it. Yeah. What are you doing? It's fine, you're fine. Your baby will be okay. A lot of stupid people in this movie. But the train's malfunctioning, and so Tiger has to go back up onto the roof of it, and he like throws his blazer around the like hook onto the cables, and he yep. pulls the train off the cables, and this immediately stops the train, which I don't fully understand because the train's still on the tracks. But what do I know about right? trains? Right, like. Yeah, would love to know how that works. Yeah, (laughs) but it does work. And he, like a cool guy, puts the jacket back on and stalks off. But in the next scene, he is talking to Gopi and Gopi's pretty mad at him about this because he's like, dude, you just did this this huge thing in front of everybody and like everybody saw you, like your cover is totally blown. And Tiger's just like, ah, whatever. So he goes to the show, uh, which is a very high quality stage production of of the story Pinocchio, the classic tale Pinocchio. With with step dancing thrown with, in. With Irish step dancing thrown into this. Isn't this an Italian story? Like Yeah. <laughs> this year. I was just like, wow, we're really fixated on this, huh? Yeah. This made me really uncomfortable. Like watching this show that they put in the middle of this movie, I was so uncomfortable. Why did <laughs> yeah. they do this? Because <laughs> again, it's one thing to just show like a glimpse of it and yeah. that it's like happening. But they like pointedly showed us. It's there for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and all that they minutes. needed, like all that they needed in this moment was t- a man and a woman dancing on stage. Right. And that would have like caused him to think about them, you know, him dancing with Zoya. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It's Pinocchio. It's what actually a really dark story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't support it. I wish they had made a different choice, which is the way I felt at a lot of moments in this movie. But um, yes. anyway, so Tiger gets there just in time to see the dance that he had helped Zoya choreograph. She is lurking in the wings, and I'm so mad at her as a theater person. Like, they always teach you, if you're going to stand in the wings, make sure that the audience can't see you, because if you can't see the audience, the audience can't see you. And she's mm-hmm. just like, she might as well be on stage. And so he gives her a thumbs up, and then like he looks back at the performance, and he looks back and she's gone. And then um, he gets a call from Gopi saying that there's trouble at Kid Wai's house. So Tiger heads on over there and he walks into Kid Wai's office and there's someone sitting there at the desk. <gasps> gasp, it's Zoya! That actually did get me. I did gasp. <laughs> I don't I, know why I wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't. <laughs> I the moment she disappeared at the show and then he gets the phone call, I was like, oh, Zoya's a spy too. <laughs> but so Zoya's sitting there, she's actually copying the files from Kid Wise computer onto an external hard drive. And so Tiger realizes that she is an ISI agent, and he's like, Wow, you're a very good agent, which I'm like, is she though? But Anyway, we'll talk about that more at other points. Tiger says, you must be aware that in these kinds of situations, you have two choices. Um, You can either give over all the info and turn on your country or, and he leaves that open-ended, but Mm -hmm. Zoya says that she would never betray her country. So that just leaves each of them with one option. And so Tiger takes out his gun. We see him screw on his silencer. He takes aim 
but he can't shoot. And mm-hmm. so before he shoots, he says to Zoya, my name isn't Manish. I'm not a writer, but everything else I told you was the truth. And Zoya says that she was just doing her job, nothing more. And then mm. he shoots. <gasps> cut to intermission. Yes. Did you get any no. vibes? <laughs> not, a, Absolutely not a single none. vibe to be found. No. Right? Like Which I do feel like it may be important to note that this movie was filmed probably around the time that Katrina Kaif and Salman Khan were breaking up or like were very recently well, so broken up. Apparently it was the first film they did after breaking up. Okay. They broke up in 2010. And okay, like, two the movie years. came out in 2012. Oh, so maybe like one year. And so yeah, probably like a year or so before filming. And it wasn't confirmed until like the year after that that they had broken up so right there was absolutely zero chemistry yeah and I felt like she was trying to give that chemistry and it was just like hitting a wall Hmm. in my opinion Katrina Kaif is a good actor Mm -hmm. I think she does a good job she's really good at emoting she's really good at like subtle emoting although not so much in this film it felt like she had a lot of dead eyes yeah and I was like okay what's going on here but he doesn't give anything yeah I don't think I could point a finger at either one of them and say either of them was really emoting I really didn't feel like either of them was bringing no this entire film no yeah but I definitely yeah I didn't feel much chemistry between them certainly compared to (laughs) to war (laughs) yeah oh my god like chemistry off the charts (laughs) (laughs) the dang charts even between the characters who aren't love interests yeah yeah also i did find myself around this point googling is salman khan a good actor what am i missing like please tell me and show me what i'm missing yeah and i know that there are people who love him like i've listened to other podcasts where people are like yeah salman khan is my guy yeah. Um, so then I thought, okay, well, maybe this is like a flop. Yeah. So I was like, maybe, maybe I asked, this is the wrong intro to him and that's totally fine. But then like Salman Khan fans love it hmm. or based on what I could see. Yeah. Maybe this is an opportunity for our listeners who are fans of Salman Khan. If you have your favorite Salman Khan movie, like, please tell us what it is so we yeah. can watch it and fall in love because our minds and our hearts are open yes. to this man. After intermission, we're back in India. Shinoi is scolding Tiger for killing yet another person on yet another mission. He just, he can't get through a mission without killing somebody. He asks to be assigned to a desk job for a bit, which is a big deal, considering that he's never done that in the 12 Mm -hmm. years that he's been working as a spy. But eventually he learns that there's this big UN meeting happening in Istanbul, and there's maybe this possibility that someone familiar might be showing up. Now, at this point, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to think that Zoya is dead, but it's pretty clear that he's anticipating that maybe that is not the case. So he convinces Shinoi to let him go to this UN meeting, Meeting, and so we're off to Istanbul. India and Pakistan like have this big moment where they're like meeting each other in front of this grand staircase. Uh, the delegates from India and Pakistan not the entire mm-hmm. countries. And Zoya's just right there. <laughs> yep. Like, I really thought that the moment where we saw them meet again was going to be a bigger deal, but she's right. just right there. So once once we see her, we flash back to the night where he found her at Kid Wai's house. We see that he does not actually shoot her in that moment. The bad guy agent, the agent from the, the train, shows up and they fight and he that's who he ends up killing. Yes. Um, so back in the present at the conference, Zoya and Tiger leave the meeting. They go and they meet up across the city. Um, and Zoya explains that the agent who he killed, he was listening into their whole conversation at Kid Wai's house. And so that was why she couldn't tell him about her feelings. And she also says, you know, we're trained to not feel anything. We can't, like, this can't happen. We can never be together. We're enemies and duty isn't going to let us be together. Mm -hmm. And so now the song Sayara plays and they're just brooding. Just a lot of brooding. Like Angel and Buffy, just constant brooding. Yes. So then they're at this big fancy party and Tiger goes up to Zoya and asks her to dance. And he's like, this is a peace conference. Let's have our two nations engage in this dance as as a sign of peace. So she eventually agrees to it after her male commanding officer agrees to it, which I didn't appreciate that needing to happen, but it does. So they're dancing and Tiger says to her, if the world won't let us be together, then let's create 
our own world and they decide that they are going to run away together. Mm -hmm. Um, So the next morning, their commanding officers are like, where's Tiger? Where's Zoya? Where could they possibly be? Where they are is speeding away on a bright red speedboat. Um, Yes. Super inconspicuous. Um, (laughs) That's spies for you. Yeah. supposed to be secretive and stealthy and yet they love the flashiest things. The best spies would be the least sexy people, you know? Yeah. And yet that's not what we see. And yet that's not what we see in these movies. So Shinoi figures out that Tiger is on the run because Tiger withdraws his whole bank account. And he told Mm -hmm. Shinoi previously what that exact amount of money was. And that's what he withdraws, um, which is smooth, real smooth. Yep. Um, So Shinoi calls Gopi and he tells him to get on the next plane over to them. They've got to catch Tiger because he knows too much. He can't be going rogue. Meanwhile, Tiger and Zoya, they get new passports. They're making this plan. They're going to flee to Kazakhstan. And Tiger's like, I got to go. I've got to like check in with this associate of mine who's going to help us get out of the country. So he leaves and then he's walking through a market and he sees that Zoya is also in the market. And she meets up with her fellow ISI agents. He overhears Zoya telling them that they're headed to Kazakhstan She shows them pictures of what their disguises are going to look like, and Tiger realizes that she is still working against him. Mm-hmm. This this did get me. I'm going to say. Oh, this, yeah? This got me. I guess, yeah. It kept us on our toes. Yes. I was like, she's clearly lying to someone. Yeah. Like, who is she lying to? That's I, true. I, I was in it in this moment. I was too. I, I thought that she was lying to Tiger for sure. So they show up at the airport. They're in their disguises, which pretty convincing disguises, I must say. They did a yeah. good job, especially, <laughs> um, especially disguising Tiger. But so they're waiting in line to check in for their flight, and then the IS agents are kind of like starting to creep up on them and then Zoya kind of she moves she does something different from the plan that everyone was expecting and Tiger follows Mm -hmm. her and it turns out that they're not actually going to Kazakhstan Zoya is in fact on Tiger's side she gets him onto a different plane with Tiger's disguise Uh uh-huh my sister Carly was like he looks like a Cuban revolutionary oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) and and then they get on a plane and where do they go off to Cuba. Cuba. That's really funny. I I appreciate it. And she was her. like, oh, he'll fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> So they're on the plane. Zoya explains that her captain like devised this whole scheme when he saw her dancing with Tiger at the party. Um, mm-hmm. But she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go along with it to this point, but I've got my own plan that I'm going to do after that. So that's the plan that's happening now. Tiger tells her that he knew about this. He saw her in the market and she's like, yeah. well, why did you come with me then? Why did you trust me? And he was like, well, for the first time, I've decided to follow my heart. Nice. And he follows it right to Cuba. We get our next song, La Pata, which I'm going to go ahead and say this one's my fave. Okay. It's good, good kind of like yeah. smooth beats. I enjoy it. Great. Yeah. This, this is a good dance number. What we kind of learned through this is that they're making money in Cuba by Zoya being a dance teacher and Tiger is apparently a painter. But yeah, so that's that's what's happening here. They're dancing in the streets. At one point, they see a bunch of boys like hanging on the side of a bus and they like jump on the side of the bus with them and they ride away. And this becomes important later on. But yeah, just a really fun, nice, snazzy dance number. I was a big fan of this one. So everything's going great for them in Cuba until a guy tries to mug Zoya as they're like they're walking by I think like a bank so a guy tries to mug her and he's got a bunch of dudes there with him right in front of an ATM so they fight off all these men I think they kill at least one of them maybe multiple of them (laughs) and then Tiger looks up and he realizes that there's a security camera right there and he makes the choice to then continue to just stare directly into the security (laughs) camera and then say to Zoya in Hindi like we gotta get out of here and so the, the Cuban police, as they're looking at this security footage, they're like, all right, well, we got this real clear visual of both of these people's faces, and they're speaking a language. We can't quite tell what it is, but we're going to send it to embassies mm-hmm. and countries where this language may have originated from. So they do end up sending it to both India and Pakistan. Um, mm-hmm. So now ISI and Ra are both aware of where Zoya and Tiger are. Great. Yeah. It was really fun to see uh, Zoya beat up some dudes. I think the only other action flick I've seen Katrina Cave in, it was Bang Bang, mm-hmm. and she was decidedly not a spy oh, yes. <laughs> in Bang yeah. Bang. And so it was cool just to see her be like cool and competent and like beating people. Yeah. 
I enjoyed that. Yeah, I like that we get to see that happen um, at a few different points in the movie. I think she's a more convincing action star than Salman Khan is. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. So Zoya and Tiger, they realize that they're in danger here. And Zoya goes to withdraw some money from the bank, but she can't get all of their money. And so she like leaves, but then she's going to go back, which I'm like, don't, no, don't do that. Like, come on, there must have been other solutions to this for you to get your money. Also, don't keep all your money in the same bank, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, the bank teller recognizes her. The Cuban police, raw ISI, everybody's now aware of like, where they are, what they're doing. And so they Mm -hmm. end up surrounded, but they escape by jumping on the side of a passing bus. Yeah, Um, they've practiced Yes, they were ready to go. And so they're off. We get a good chase scene here where Tiger, he uses like an elaborate pulley trick. They fly up into the air and they end up on some poor unsuspecting couple's balcony and then they politely exit through that couple's apartment. Yeah, there's like six different locks and Tiger's trying to unlock them all and then the older gentleman just comes over and just does like the main Deadpool and lets them out. And I was like, oh, that's cute. It was really funny. Very dad-esque in that moment of like, son, stop. I know that you just crashed into yeah, but house, he's like, but I, let me let me show you how to. I also door. want you to leave, so here, let me help you. <laughs> yeah. I do also like. I like that Tiger. He's good at using props. Like that's what I think he's mm-hmm. good at. He's good at using his environment to get out of sticky situations. He's not good at yes. not getting into sticky situations, but when he inevitably <laughs> ends up in them, he's good at using props to get out of them. Which I guess is a good skill. Yeah, yeah. it's a good skill. At one point, he ends up breaking down some scaffolding that Zoya's on top of, so she can like flee away onto. A different roof and she does like a really cool side cartwheel yeah, thing she does like, a lot of she like leaps off of a lot of heights and lands very gracefully throughout this whole fight scene her parkour is at times basically just flying yeah like she looks like edward cullen going up a tree she's also she also like lands with her legs like completely straight a lot and i'm like yeah. no <laughs> don't do that her knees would be shattered yes. So yeah, not the most convincing of of escapes we've ever seen, but Tiger gets involved in a big rooftop fight. Um, At one point, ISI has like apprehended him and they turn to Zoya and they're like, give it up, Zoya, we've got the guy. And she just turns and runs and he keeps fighting. She is wearing very low rise jeans through all of this. Yeah. Um, And I was- And like skinny jeans. Skinny low rise jeans, which yeah, not the easiest of things to move in. No, and she's doing it. She's doing it. So kudos to her. Mad props. To Zoya for wearing those pants. Um, so she does end up getting caught and handcuffed and taken away, but Tiger's still on the lamb. And he mm-hmm. finds Gopi and he claims that Zoya is ready to like turn traitor and come over and give Ra all of her secrets, but ISI isn't going to let her go easily. And so he kind of guilts Gopi into helping him to break Zoya out and, you know, get her and bring her back to India with him. Um, yeah. So he takes charge of Gopi's men. He's got the men behind him. They're going to rescue Zoya. ISI is driving off with her. Her commanding officer is giving her a whole spiel about how a woman's dignity is the most important thing to her. And I'm just like, what? Just shut up. It's like, yeah, you as a man, please tell me what's most important to Yeah, exactly. You know better than I, a woman, do. But so they're driving along and then they almost all get decapitated by a construction vehicle (laughs) that like spins around. Classic. But this construction vehicle is part of the scheme it tears off the top of their car and so now they're driving along and they're just exposed to the open air so tiger jumps out of his car and into the car that zoya's in she's handcuffed to the door but he ends up successfully beating up all of the isi guys in the car he kicks them all out of the car and then he's taking control so he's driving along gopi pulls up alongside him and they're kind of having this moment together where they're like celebrating this win They've successfully rescued Zoya. And then Tiger Mm -hmm. just kind of like casually salutes and he hits the brakes and all the cars speed on past him. And then he turns around and he drives the opposite direction. Yeah. And then Tiger and Zoya abandon their car. They like surf down the side of a hill (laughs) on a door to another street where like a passing motorcyclist goes by and then they like get on the motorcycle and they drive away. But so the raw guys and the ISI guys like kind of come together and they're like, well, I guess we're on the same side on this one. And so they're like shooting at him. They end up following Tiger and Zoya to an airport. Tiger and Zoya like steal a small plane. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, and Tiger, they, you know, they see that the agents are coming up behind them. And so Tiger's like, whatever you do, take off. Don't wait for me. Just go. So Zoya just, mm-hmm. she's going. And Tiger goes. He, like, pours a bunch of gasoline on the road. He shoots the gas tank. Everything explodes and goes up in flames as Zoya is getting ready to take off. She's driving down the runway. Tiger's riding his motorcycle towards her. Gopi and the ISI guys, like, they drive through the flames, but Tiger, like, shoots out their tires. So they end up stopping. And he's almost made it, like, on his motorcycle up to the side of the plane. And then Gopi shoots him. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, come on, Gopi. I thought you were on our side here. <laughs> well, to be fair, he thought Tiger That's was on true. his side. He's probably feeling a little betrayed at this point. So so Zoya has like, she's made it to the end of the runway. She's like about to lift off the ground. Conveniently, there's a nice humongous jump built into this runway <laughs> that Tiger <laughs> takes advantage of. He jumps the motorcycle. He leaps off. He ends up grabbing onto the side of the plane and makes it in and off they fly together but before the movie wraps up we see tiger call shinoi and shinoi calls him by his real name for the first time avinash singh rator um Mm. and shinoi accuses tiger of forgetting his duty but tiger says that he doesn't want to live with any regrets shinoi says that to love the enemy is treachery and tiger says that he didn't know she was the enemy when they fell in love and now that they are in love, he can't understand why she is the enemy. And Shinoi mm. asks him when he will stop running from them. And Tiger says he will stop running the day that India and Pakistan don't need raw and ISI. And that's when he'll come back. Oof. And we then learn that Tiger and Zoya have been seen periodically on, you know, security cameras around yeah. the world. They're just kind of bopping and having a good time together. <laughs> and that this is the first mission that ISI and Ra are working on together, which must make them very happy to know that their Mm -hmm. feuding uh, agencies are working together to try to find them. And then we get our ending dance number, Mashallah, which I was a big fan of this one. Yeah, I will say this is my favorite. It's like the first one that we actually see, like, I still don't think that Zoya dances enough I agree, yeah. But at least we see her move her body, like, more. Than the other ones. Yeah, I really thought that since she is like a dancing instructor slash student, I really thought we would see her utilize her dance sure, skills more. Sure, me too, yeah. But in that part of this song when she's in like the white oh, outfit that. and she's just like body rolling. Yes. She looks <laughs> so great. Good. The, I loved the white outfit. That was awesome. I like that we get some singing in Arabic in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like gentle pelvic thrusting happening, which is always yes. fun. Yeah, this this was a good bop. I also like that it's it's kind of like a boys versus girls number. Yes, that's always always fun. a good time. But yeah, that's it. That is Ekta that's Tiger. <laughs> yeah. What are your overall thoughts? You know, I. They can't all be winners. This was not a winner for me. Again, I'm glad we watched it. So we have this kind of little extra context going into some of the other movies that we'll be watching in this cinematic universe. I don't think it's as good as the movies that Siddhartha Nand directs. No. Big fan of his work. And I wonder if he will be more involved in Tiger 3. Mm -hmm. That would be kind of cool to see more of that. But I did, you know, I thought it was a a decent story. Good dance numbers overall. Mm -hmm. Um pretty okay action sequences but yeah just not really up to par with some of the others we've seen yeah I won't say that I thought it was bad Uh I just don't understand why it had to be made (laughs) I do feel like that final action sequence really does kind of bring some of like the reasons that I love action movies and I'm like oh yeah this is like really fun Mm -hmm. and like the perfect amount of absurd and entertaining and had that been the whole movie or had they had more of that throughout I would have been into it but like it felt like that movie could have been 45 minutes I definitely agree with that too (laughs) yeah and that last action sequence that was the first one that really got me that was the only one where I was like oh I'm like I'm entranced I'm in it yeah and I do wonder if they had had more chemistry together Mm -hmm. would that have made it better for me as the viewer and I think probably yes yeah. because my biggest thing with it is that I just didn't believe in that romance yes. at so all. like why would you and I also, for it exactly yeah. and I also didn't believe in Salman Khan's performance no yeah as this amazing spy either I absolutely see where you're coming from with that I did just look up um I was curious to see kind of how this rated compared to War and Patan Oh, um, uh-huh. and it's lower than the other two. I mean, they're all pretty okay. close. They're all right, right around like a six out of ten on IMDb, which people don't know what they're talking. about. I know about. <laughs> it really surprises me. But War and Patan are both above six. Mm-hmm. 
and Ekta Tiger is below. And yeah, and I'm totally game to watch the sequel because again, I want to be proven wrong. Like I don't like that these are my feelings yes. about this movie or about solving. Yeah, Con. I really would like to change that around. Um, and we know that sometimes the sequel is better than the original. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to hear what you decided to research for this week. I decided to research raw and isi right india pakistan relations is a huge topic sure. but i did just want to maybe begin to talk about it and like why in so many of these films because it comes up in Patan too mm -hmm. we hear about an raw and an isi agent and it's like okay well why are these two groups so actively against each yeah. other and so i thought that i would maybe lay a bit of that groundwork and then add on to it in the future that's great give us a good um, foundation but yes so raw it stands for the Research and Analysis Wing. Got it. And yes, like you said, it is the Foreign Intelligence Agency of India. It was formed in 1968 by the Indira Gandhi administration after the Indo-Pakistani War of 1965. Okay. So they obviously, they did already have some structure for gathering intelligence, yeah. but it wasn't like its own wing until 1968. Got it. Okay. So interesting that it kind of came about after a conflict. Yeah. with Pakistan. Yeah. And then ISI is, stands for Inter-Services Intelligence, yes. and it is the largest component of the Pakistani intelligence community, and it's made up of officers from the three service branches of the Pakistan Armed Forces, those three branches being Army, Navy, and the Air okay. Force. And ISI was actually formed in 1948. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, like 20 years before Raw And like right after came about. partition. Yes. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of conflicts that have happened that I think we will talk about in the future, but I'm just going to focus on like, where did this start? Sure. Basically, there is a border between India and Pakistan. Uh -huh. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but it is considered to be one of the most militarized international borders or boundaries in the world. Yeah. It stretches 2,065 miles, and at night it is actually visible from outer space due to the 150,000 lights installed by India wow. along the border. Wow. So I just thought that was a, I don't know if it's a fun fact, but it's but a it's fact that's a fact. <laughs> Yes. So it's a very well-established border. It has existed in this form since 1949. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a really long time. Mm -hmm. And like, there's still a lot of tension and a lot of troops on either side of that border. But so Kim, you had mentioned partition in an earlier film that we were discussing. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't actually really go into partition here either, mm -hmm. but broad facts. Partition did occur in 1947 when Pakistan and India gained their independence. They were both colonized by Great Britain. And then Great Britain was like, we're leaving. You are now your own independent places. And that's when we saw Muslims fleeing to Pakistan and Hindus fleeing to India. So that was happening. And India and Pakistan did establish official diplomatic ties after that, because again, they are neighbors. They anticipated working closely together, mm -hmm. but then those ties quickly became strained due to the effects of partition on both sides and territorial claims over certain states, yeah. such as Kashmir. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, if, if you're watching a movie where they're talking about at-home military escalation, it's usually like in regards to Kashmir. Mm -hmm. Since 1947, India and Pakistan have fought three major wars, wow. one in 1947, one in 1965, and one in 1971. And there's been numerous armed skirmishes and military standoffs, again, all coming down to really like the Kashmir conflict. Mm -hmm. There's also been some other things, but that's like the main point of contention. The exception to that is the War of 1971, which was fought alongside the Bangladesh Liberation War. Mm which I'm not really going to talk about, but horrible, horrible situation for Bangladeshi people. And I think that's something we should probably talk about at some point. But so the Kashmir conflict leading up to partition. So again, partition happened like two months after, you know, India got its independence. Mm -hmm. Kashmir, at the time that India gained its independence, it was a Muslim-majority state ruled by a Hindu king named Maharaja Hari Singh. And when Great Britain announced its plan for partition, that each state 
kind of along that border should choose which country it was going to join. The Maharaja wanted to remain independent rather than join either Pakistan or India. Mm. He stated that his reasons for remaining independent were that Kashmir's Muslim majority would be vulnerable becoming part of India, and then the Hindus and Sikhs living in Kashmir would be vulnerable if they became part of Pakistan. So his intention, he was like, we'll do our own thing, which Kashmir is smack dab in between Pakistan and India. That wasn't going to work for either one of these countries. Legally speaking, when Great Britain left India, it left a standstill agreement stating that the princely states would continue their administrative relationship with Great Britain until new arrangements were made. Mm. And this is also my understanding of this. If I'm wrong, I would like someone to correct me. But basically, again, the Maharaja of Kashmir wanted to remain independent. So it sent its own standstill agreement to both Pakistan and India. Pakistan signed it saying like, yep, okay, that's fine. You do your thing. India was like, well, hold up. Let's talk about this. We don't want to sign this just yet. Let's send a delegate. You can kind of talk. Maybe we can work this out. Pakistan then took that as a sign that the Maharaja was going to join India and that Kashmir would become part of India. And also at this time, there were a lot of citizens in Kashmir who were against the Maharaja. Um, Again, it was a Muslim majority being led by a Hindu Maharaja. There was a lot of anti-Maharaja protests going on. So Pakistan kind of capitalized on Mm -hmm. that, sent in some forces to kind of stir that rebellion. And then in October 1947, they fully kind of said, yes, here's some forces. We're supporting the anti-Maharaja citizens and we're going to try to take this territory. Then the Maharaja asked India for military assistance to try to push the Pakistani forces out. India said, absolutely, we'll do that. But you have to agree to join India. Yeah, that's the the clincher. Yeah. So, you know, the Maharaja's like, okay, signed that paperwork. And then that escalated the conflict because Pakistan was like, you just joined India. We are fully committing now to trying to take back this territory. So they sent more support, more forces, as well as arms and ammunition. And India ended up repelling the Pakistani forces. But in December of 1947, it was like, this is a really sensitive situation. We're also two really young countries. We've just gotten out from under British rule. We can't really be having this fighting with each other, but we're never going to reach an agreement. So India reached out to the UN, United Nations Security Council, um, for assistance to prevent full war. So then the UN Security Council negotiated that Pakistan would fully withdraw its forces. India would also really scale back on their military presence in Kashmir. And then they'd hold a referendum so that the citizens of Kashmir could decide and vote on what they're going to do. Which sounds like a great great idea. Apparently, India rejected that solution and then agreed to an amended version of it. But I'm unclear what that amended version was. So I don't know if maybe there were additional steps that needed to be taken before the referendum could be held. But India and Pakistan did reach an agreement toward the end of 1948. And a ceasefire was declared on January 1st, 1949. This fighting happened for like a year and three or four months. Like it was ongoing. Then once the ceasefire happened, the two nations could not agree on the steps needed for demilitarization. And so demilitarization needed to happen before the referendum could happen. That never happened. Therefore, the referendum was never held. Yep. So then the ceasefire line established by the UN Security Council became permanent. And again, this is the same line that exists today. Wow. There was a war in 1965 later on that lasted for 17 weeks until another ceasefire was declared. That ceasefire lasted until 1971 when the Bangladesh War for Independence occurred. That conflict ended in the 1972 Shimla Treaty, which gave like the 1949 ceasefire line the official line of control name. Okay. And so that is what, whenever they talk about in these movies, the line of control or the LOC, that's what they're referring to. It is the de facto border between India and Pakistan running through Kashmir. And that today serves as a border that armed action is not supposed to violate, but there continue to be skirmishes here and there with follow-up ceasefires. And it's just kind of an ongoing thing. And it is referred to by some as a cold peace. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. It feels like it's yeah. it, it, it feels like it's not really that these wars ever ended. It's this ongoing 
war that sort of just has these peaks and valleys. Yeah. And so that's where the tension is. And that is why it is so sensitive that a raw agent would fall in love with an ISI agent. And thousands of lives have been lost to. I didn't want to get too into the numbers of that, but it is significant. And again, just knowing that this is not really anything that's been resolved. Right. Yeah. Kashmir then an Indian state? Are they their own kind of independent entity? I think we get into the legal stuff of that. But the Maharaja, under the original agreement, you know, if the Maharaja signed the papers with India saying that Kashmir is part of India, then I think legally speaking, they would say it's part of them. Because they made that choice. The Maharaja made that choice, that alliance with India to get the Pakistani troops out. Okay. Yeah. But then I think there's arguments to be made that like is a princely state, you know, with the one ruler making this decision. Does that hold up fundamentally? Because at least my understanding is that the majority of people living in Kashmir want to be part of Pakistan, Mm. which is why Pakistan is devoting so much like time and energy and resources to trying to get it back. Yeah. It's not, this isn't so, just like a pounding our chests trying to prove dominance no. thing. This is, it would have to stem legitimately from like, there are people here who don't feel safe with how things currently are. So we need to yeah. like, liberate, protect. And I, I don't say that to in any way suggest no. on the side of Pakistan in this. I think it certainly sounds yeah. like there's a lot of contention happening and there's a lot of choices being made by both sides that are leading to very negative outcomes for the people who are just trying to live mm-hmm. their day-to-day lives in what is their home. Yeah. So hopefully that helps to give some context it definitely as does. to why this is such a big deal. Yeah. And I'm really glad to now understand that a little bit better because definitely mm-hmm. I've heard it referenced many times and, yeah. and didn't have a great understanding of what was really happening right. there. And again, Kashmir is not the only thing they're fighting over, but we'll have, again, plenty of time yeah. to actually delve into the other pieces of plenty it. Plenty more to um, talk about in the films to come. Yes, So Bollywood news, do you have any? I don't have any for this week. Do you have any, Katie? I do have several. Oh my goodness. Well, let's hear them. So first of all, just wanted to announce that our man Aditya Roy Kapoor is coming out in a new film called Gomra, April 7th. That's very soon. Really excited about it. I watched a trailer for it. It looks like it could be a good one. Looks like it's got a lot of action, but also some good dance numbers. Haven't seen Aditya dance in a movie in a long time. Yeah, I have no idea what this movie is about. And it was funny because I was on his Instagram just trying to see like, what's the release date for this movie? And then I saw like the poster that has two pictures of him. And I was like, oh my God, is he playing two different people? He is, yeah. So really excited for that movie. And Priyanka Chopra Jonas, Mm -hmm. I have two things to say about her. Great. But she is coming out in a show called Citadel on Amazon Prime with Richard Madden, AKA AKA Rob Stark. Stark, And it looks really great and I'm really excited about it. I think it comes out like April 24th or something, like end of April. But also, Mm -hmm. Priyanka Chopra Jonas... This morning, and we're recording this like a week ahead of time. So this is March 27th. She is the guest on today's episode of Armchair Expert. But it's really cool because she talks a lot about stuff that she talked about in her autobiography as well, but also does kind of talk about the Bollywood industry Mm -hmm. and how it has changed. And she mentions like colorism and parody for women's salaries versus men's and how like Bollywood is really changing from being like a boys club. So definitely listening to that's really cool to hear it's great to just hear her talk Mm -hmm. about the world of bollywood i haven't listened to the interview yet but i would love to hear her really talk about anything she's so cool yeah she's very cool (laughs) she's really smart just i'm so excited for her as a human just like by that i mean i'm just excited that she is alive she is creating content that i then get to consume and that's great for all of us exactly that's my news great well those are all really awesome pieces of news i'm really excited to get to watch all of these amazing upcoming things, all of these wonderful people. But we do want to just remind everyone to follow us on Instagram. Katie, can you remind the the good people what our Instagram handle is? Yes, our Instagram handle is 
two, and that's the number two, Mm -hmm. White Girls Talk Bollywood. It's all one word. There's no spaces or underscores or anything. So you can find us on Instagram. We also have a YouTube playlist and a Spotify playlist, which are now linked in our post every Tuesday. So you can find those links on Instagram. And you can also find them in the description of the very episode you are currently listening to. I've been linking them there. So if you would like to, every week we add what we pick for our favorite songs to those playlists so it is an ever-growing list of videos and songs that you can rock out to wherever you are mm-hmm. it's a fun appropriate time for every occasion <laughs> yes we appreciate any follows we love we love when people follow us if anyone wants to get in touch with us messaging us on instagram is the easiest way to do that so if you want to say hi if you want to say hey you got everything about the conflict of Kashmir (laughs) or if you want to say this is salman khan is the best actor in bollywood and here's why here's my favorite movie we would love to hear any and all of those things absolutely but yeah next movie next movie You've heard us talk about it. We will be watching Patan. Yeah, we will. I'm uh, so excited to watch it again. Oh my god! I've been too. thinking about it so much since we first saw it. I I said that we when we talked about this, whatever episode aired that week after we saw it in theaters, I had <laughs> low expectations. They were exceeded yeah. by miles. It was fun. It was funny. It was action heavy. It was beautiful. <laughs> It was great. Oh, God. It's so good. Yeah. Patan is, of course, starring Shah Rukh Khan and Deepika Padukone. John Abraham is our villain. We also have Dimple Kapadia, who we just saw in Dil Chatehe. Yes. So that's really fun. Directed again, Siddharth Anand, uh, who directed Woot Woot. War. Super excited to keep talking about the films that he creates because so far <laughs> I've really enjoyed all of them <laughs> that I've <Yep>. seen. <laughs> But Patan is available to watch on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It is spelled P-A-T-H-A-A-N. Yes. I have the IMDb synopsis pulled up, which is an Indian agent races against a doomsday clock as a ruthless mercenary with a bitter vendetta mounts an apocalyptic attack against the country. Ooh, yeah. doomsday I feel like apocalypse. What's interesting is so many of these plots really, I feel like they leave out act two and they just sort of talk about act one. Yeah. This I feel like is just talking about act two. <laughs> Yeah. The Amazon Prime synopsis goes into a little bit more depth. It says, Indian raw agent Patan gets to know of a major impending attack against India mounted by a mercenary group led by the ruthless enigma, Jim. (laughs) I forgot that his name is just Jim. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) John Abraham, the... Spoiler alert, the villain of this film. His character's name is Jim. Just Jim. Oh, yes. Jim, who has a history of his own. With the doomsday clock ticking away and an agent Rubai, played by Deepika Pajikone, his only possible ally, Patan must fight countless betrayals and deal with destruction as he takes on Jim. I think that's a great synopsis. It really does cover a lot of ground. I do just giggle at Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Jim. And he also, is, he's a I, good villain. Like, he's a scary... Like, oh, he's great. Like, you know, frightening yeah. villain in the movie. And then, yeah, his name's Jim. <laughs> They're just like, it's Jim. Because <laughs> also, Jim has, like, his own, like, theme music yeah. that's terrifying. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We'll have a blast. You have a blast watching yeah, it. Yeah, you uh, too. Enjoy. Thanks. And you too, listeners. Um, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. Yeah. So, remember, Bollywood doesn't need us. But we need Bollywood.